Welcome to the Boston Not Light Podcast. We're Nina Fister and Lauren Gill, co-founders of MagPR, a local boutique agency helping emerging brands and influencers gain exposure, build community, and achieve growth through public relations efforts. Each month, our Boston Not Light Podcast features candid interviews with local women entrepreneurs who are making it happen. Our guest today is Jackie Dockenay, an entrepreneur, digital marketing, and brand consultant based nearby in Brookline. Jackie has trained dozens of entrepreneurs, small businesses, and media agencies on social media management, brand development, SEO, content strategy, and creative direction. In addition to her consulting role, she is also the founder of The Art of Fate, an e-commerce platform that spotlights emerging women-owned businesses. Her background in fashion marketing has led her across LA, New York City, Providence, and now Boston, where she enjoys sharing her knowledge to help local businesses reach their greatest potential in the digital space. So, Jackie, thanks so much for joining us today. It's awesome to have you here at WeWork. Thank you so much for having me, Nina. I'm really excited. And uh, for those listeners who might have attended a um, Boston Women's Market event here, Jackie was actually on a panel with me um, talking about authenticity and um, a bunch of other good stuff for entrepreneurs. So we did meet once before. (laughs) Um, Today, we want to explore driving innovation and growth through community, but first we'd really love for you to share your journey to entrepreneurship. So where did you come from and how did you get started in all of this? You have, you know, a lot happening, so. Yeah, I, well, I grew up in a very small town. I grew up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is pretty much the smallest town in the smallest state. Uh, And I always had kind of like a natural interest in all things creative. So I love to read. I loved art. I loved fashion. And I knew that whatever, you know, I wanted to do for my career, like it was going to fall in that realm. Uh, So I decided, you know, going into high school when I was deciding where to go to college, um, I wanted to get as far away as possible. Uh, So I applied to three schools. One was in Boston, actually, one in New York, one in L.A. And I decided to go to L.A. I think that just growing up in a really small town in kind of like an environment which didn't really cater to my interests. I wanted to really be on my own and, and be independent. So I went to fashion school in LA and I studied fashion marketing and just I fell instantly in love with the city. I knew that it was exactly where I was meant to be and I knew that I was really just like gravitating towards something that felt very natural to me. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I kind of I got my first taste into luxury fashion retail. So I started working for Henry Bendel. I opened their first location in West Hollywood. And just uh-huh. that was my first introduction to like luxury fashion. And yeah. I was absolutely obsessed. So fun. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely like a brand that kind of like empowered you to be yourself too. We could dress how we wanted and we were very empowered, very entrepreneurial, if you will. So um, when I graduated, I was kind of looking for my next step, and me and one of my classmates decided we wanted to move to New York. So I was able to transfer to the company's flagship store, and I um, worked there for about four and a half years. So that's really where I started to build my sales and clienteling experience. I got to meet a lot of different designers from all around the world, a lot of them women, which was amazing, Um, you know, meeting celebrities and, and all of that. So it was a really exciting time in my life. However, you know, everyone kind of reaches a point in their career where they reach like a point where they're looking for that next opportunity. For me, I was just very kind of burned out. I was in my early 20s and I'm like, you know what, like I I don't want to do this forever. I'm really looking for something that has more meaning that I feel more invested in. And the company culture just became very toxic. So I started thinking about my next steps. And as I was doing that, I was looking for gaps within the company that I could kind of fill in my own business. So I always have wanted to start my own business. And 
one of the things that kept on becoming like a common theme was just like social impact and brands that really like cared about the environment, that shared my, my values, that, you know, empowered women that were doing amazing things. So all these ideas were kind of like floating around in my head. And I ended up putting in my notice at the company and moved back in with my parents. So I actually moved back to Rhode Island at the end of 2013. Um, and just decided, you know what, like, I'm going to take a risk on myself. And my parents fully supported me. They're like, you know what, you've been away for a long time. We'll give you this time to kind of work on your project. And I did that um, in their basement while I was still working, you know, like in management and retail. So that was kind of like my first real introduction to entrepreneurship, if mm. you will. It was the first time that I really like went in. I took, you know, the last of my savings and I really took like a gamble on something that I really believed in. And then from there, um, you know, I moved to Boston a few years later, and that's when my I kind of came into myself as an entrepreneur. That's yeah. amazing. What an awesome story, and what really phenomenal cities you've gotten to live in, too. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, Boston has really become like a home for me. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I grew up here, too, and never left, and I, I still appreciate it every time I travel. So, Well, it's clear that you're dedicated you know, to helping other entrepreneurs achieve great success. Um, a lot of women kind of claim to own the quote-unquote stronger together mantra, but in your opinion, what does that community over competition mission really entail? Yeah, I think that for me, like, I've lived in a lot of cities, but I have to say, like, Boston by far, like, I've never felt community like I felt here. And I think that the true sign of you being connected to your community, to really supporting women in your network, is when other women in your network will advocate for you on your behalf and you will do the same for them. And that's when you really your network starts compounding, right? You start make, making new opportunities, building new connections. Like I am always looking to make introductions to women within my network, women that I'm meeting, that I know would be like a good match. Um, I do this all the time and I think that it's, it's very rewarding because you have to truly believe that there's room for all of us if you, you know, if you're standing by that, you know, that the community over competition. You really truly have to believe that you want other women to succeed. Like, you can't just say it. You kind of have to live it. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, in Boston, like, knowing so many fellow women entrepreneurs and, and really just, like, being super inspired by them, we're doing so many amazing things. Um, I think that that, for me, I know for sure um, – you know, that I live by that mantra. Yeah, we agree too. And and we obviously produced this podcast on purpose with kind of a similar mission and a goal to try and offer a platform for women to shine. And I think it's interesting because, you know, you do run into brands that kind of have that claim that they're empowering women, but behind closed doors, it can be disappointing. So it's really refreshing to meet somebody that is out there living it, like you said. Um, what's been one major challenge to date that you've personally experienced and have managed to overcome as an entrepreneur? We love hearing about wins, but it's so um, educational to hear about others' kind of trials and tribulations as well. Yeah. I think a quote that I recently uh, learned from one of my friends that really hits it on the nail is, um, no one, you know, goes into entrepreneurship knowing what they're doing. You learn how to be an entrepreneur while you're being an entrepreneur. And, like, I feel like for me that's so true because I'm constantly learning, you know, what I don't know, you know, with time management, with, you know, advocating for myself, for really, like, not shortchanging myself when it comes to, like, charging um, for my services. 
um, really knowing the value of my time and, and really just like kind of taking ownership in the role itself, like being consistent, having like endless grit and really just being completely relentless is really important. And it's a constant battle for me. I think it's, for me, one of the, the biggest challenges I think that a lot of women may face in their own careers is kind of like balancing that, that self-care and that mental health space. Like there are days where I don't feel 100% motivated, you know, and like I know that I am obligated to my work and that I have clients that are depending on me and I have work that I need to complete and I might not feel like my best self, but fighting through those emotions is a constant challenge. And there are days that, you know, I don't always, you know, overcome, but being able to kind of like find somewhat of a balance, a balance and, and being able to also take care of myself mm-hmm. is something that's been a great learning lesson. Oh, it's so true that the mind really impacts the body because Lauren and I, this quarter in particular, have gratefully been just absolutely slammed. Um, it's a really busy time of year for us. And, you know, I came down with strep throat, She came, which I haven't had literally since I was a child. Oh, worst. And, I, and she came down with uh, another ailment. And we're like, oh, my God, we're hot messes. We're falling apart here. But we kind of took a step back and we were like, we are running on low, um, low fuel. And so we just brought on two great resources that are helping us. And we're like, okay, time to take a step back, like get back on the spinning bike, like get back outside for a walk, even whatever we have to do, like take the vitamins, do all the things. But that balance is so, so hard. And the anxiety, you know, it comes with insomnia and other side effects and you know we're moms too so adding that into the mix you're like hot damn but it's all worth it you know it's so worth it and my new my new mantra for this year is stress happy because if you're not stressed you're not making any money right so it's amen yes so uh that was my dad's old coin term who's also an entrepreneur so it's so true but uh you definitely need to learn how to manage it and take care Absolutely. of yourself that's great um so you offer valuable tools for women while creating this really amazing art of fate marketplace um, where folks can shop local. How do you qualify your makers? And what's one piece of advice for other um, listeners who are maybe aspiring to build their own community or their own marketplace? Yeah. So we're very fortunate to have some amazing you know, women-owned brands on our marketplace, most of them being from Boston and Rhode Island, uh, where I grew up. And one of the main things that we look for, in addition to having a really obviously great product and really great branding, is we look for social impact. So we really look for, is this, you know, maker committed to taking accountability for, you know, the waste that they're generating through their business? Are they using plastic packaging? Um, Are they giving back in some way? You know, a lot of our, you know, brands give back to certain organizations that they're really passionate about, and I yeah, love that. like a bigger cause. Yeah, that's yeah. connected to their mission. So we definitely look for that. And I'm really also looking for, like, that founding story, like, that kind of, like, source of inspiration, like, why did you begin this? Like, why is it so important to you? Mm. Looking for kind of, like, those strings of passion, like, that kind of, like, ignite something I think in all of us that's just really in- inspiring and, and I, I definitely like that's a main part of the, the um, I guess like value of having a marketplace for a woman is really just like looking at that origin story. Yeah that's great and in terms of someone else who might be trying to create maybe not women specific or social impact specific but just generally an online community um, can you give maybe one tip um, that's led to your success so far? 
Yeah, I think having obviously like a really strong mission to lean back on is kind of like just it really builds a backbone for the business and you'll know, you know, who is, you know, a, who belongs in your community and who doesn't, right? Because there may be a lot of great brands that are out there that I really love, mm-hmm. but they may not share my values, you know, like they may not care as much about the environment as I yeah. do. They may not be committed to like a social mission. So I think really having a strong mission will you know, steer you in the right direction and um, really just like bring the right people on. Yeah, going back to the why always, right? Definitely, yeah. That's great. So what do you believe are some of the common derailers that hold business owners back from taking a risk and following their passion like you did? Um, And what does your community specifically provide as a launch pad to help overcome those kind of roadblocks? Yeah, I think that there's, a, there's something about entrepreneurship that I think we as a society have put like on a pedestal. So I think that that has caused a lot of women, especially, to feel as though they're not qualified, to feel as though they're not worthy, they're not smart enough, they don't have the tools or the money or the funding. Um, that can really derail people, I think, in a major way, because half the battle of being an entrepreneur is just believing that you can be one. And I think that for The Art of Fate, we really want to have, you know, like um, a platform that has no risk. So, you know, you can really use our space as almost like an incubator um, where you can test your product. You can get exposure. We don't charge for, you know, you selling your products like on our marketplace, like as a membership fee or anything like that. So it's really like very low risk. And you also have the support of so many other women Mm -hmm. that are a part of our marketplace. We have a Slack channel Mm -hmm. where you can actually network with all the women um, that, you know, we're partnered with. I have offered, you know, like consulting if you have specific areas of your business that, you know, you need to work through. So really just like my mission is to make sure that women feel supported every step of the way and to never doubt that they have, you know, they don't have the ability. That's phenomenal. And um, do you get a lot of engagement in the Slack channel? So we really need to, like, start that back up. In the beginning, we definitely did. Um, That's but such a hard part of having an online is. community is actually getting people to engage with one another, right? For sure, yeah. We have actually had people meet in person, though, which is really exciting. That's awesome. Um, we tested, you know, doing some, like, in-person events, and I have personally met a lot of our founders in person as well. But we're really looking for 2020 to kind of, like, push those relationships more, see, you know, brands amongst our marketplace actually do collaboration together Um, so we're really looking to kind of rebuild those connections that's awesome Um, all right it's time for rapid fire we're getting to the end here (laughs) answer the questions as quickly as you can they're meant to be silly so no stress Uh, Uh, but what's your next uh, destination for vacation oh I'm going to Austin Texas this weekend oh I was just there really first time yes Um, what is your favorite ice cream flavor Ooh, probably pistachio. The TV show you're binging right now. Oof. Um, oh my god. I'm not a big TV person, not gonna Good lie. For you. I know I'm a film geek. Yeah. <laughs> All right, latest book you've completed. Okay, last book was attached about attachment theory. Kind of nerding out on that. Yeah. Really cool. Awesome. Well, since our time is almost up, can you leave us with just one final piece? generally speaking, of advice for any new entrepreneurs out there? 
Yes. So when I was 21, I got a tattoo on my wrist that says, fail again, fail better. And I live by those words as an entrepreneur. So never be afraid to fail. You are going to mess up again and again, but learn to learn something and have a takeaway from every single failure and become better from it. I love that. Um, why don't you share how our listeners can get in touch, whether it's for your consulting business and or the art of fate? Awesome. Yes. So if you are interested in uh, marketing or branding consulting, you can visit www.jacquelindacanay.com. And if you are interested in partnering or supporting The Art of Fate, you can visit our website at www.theartoffate.com. Thanks so much. Thank you, Nina.